This is CPX number 96, The Fourth Commandment. This is the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 119 through 121, question and answer number 1 through 12. God give you his peace, and omni pace suffidit, speedy santi, amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good, amen. In nomine Patris, Sifidi, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. So a Merry Christmas octave to you all and a Happy New Year. Thank you so much for your support of me and my life. You know, some people out there want me to do VLX and CPX to be seasonal and to follow, follow the liturgical calendar. Well, I really appreciate that request because it's very Catholic thinking. I love that. But the only reason I'm not going to go in that direction is because there are people out there who use this series out of real time. What I mean by that is that we're going to have people catching up for years on this scripture and catechetical education. Uh, unless, you know, a solar flare takes out the grid. We're going to have people sort of like catching up, and they're going to want to go in order of just pure education, not trying to guess what Catholic feast days were near, I don't know, CPX 1,452 or VLX 2,000 if we get that far. Um, but yeah, I'd be happy if the internet went out. You know, I think this internet thing leads more people to hell than probably anything in history. So be very happy if this whole thing were sunk, but I'm going to sanctify my tiny little corner of the internet as long as this dreadful thing exists. Let's look at the fourth commandment. Number one, what is the fourth commandment? Honor thy father and thy mother command. Answer the fourth commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother commands us to respect our parents, obey them in all that is not sinful, and assist them in their temporal and spiritual needs. Number two, what does the fourth commandment forbid? Answer, the fourth commandment forbids us to offend our parents by word or by deed or in any other way. Number three, what other persons does this commandment include under the names of father and mother? Answer, under the names of father and mother, this commandment also includes all our superiors, both ecclesiastical and lay, whom we must consequently obey and respect. Number four, whence are derived the authority of parents to command their children and the duty of children to obey their parents? Answer, the authority possessed by parents to command their children and the obligation children are under to obey their parents are derived from God, who constituted and established family life in order that in it man might have the first helps that are necessary towards his spiritual and temporal well-being. Number five, have parents any duties towards their children? Answer, parents are bound to love, support, and maintain their children, to attain to their religious and secular education, to give them good example, to keep them from the occasions of sin, to correct their faults, and to help them to embrace the state to which God has called them. Number six, has God given us an example of a perfect family? Answer, God gave us an example of a perfect family in the Holy Family, in which Jesus Christ lived subject to the Blessed Virgin and St. Joseph until his 30th year, that is, until he began the mission of preaching the gospel entrusted to him by his eternal Father. Number seven, if families were to live alone, cut off from one another, could they provide for all their material and moral needs? Answer, if families lived alone, cut off from the other, they could not provide for their individual needs and hence it is necessary that they be united in civil society so as mutually to aid one another for the common good and happiness. Number eight, what is civil society? Answer, civil society is the union of many families under the authority of one head for the purpose of assisting each other 
in securing their mutual perfection and temporal happiness. Number nine, whence comes the authority which rules civil society? Answer, the authority which rules civil society comes from God, who established it for the common good. Number 10, are we under any obligation to obey the authority that governs civil society? Answer, yes. All who form part of civil society are bound to respect and obey authority because that authority comes from God and because the common good so demands. Number 11, are all laws imposed by the civil authority to be respected? Answer, yes. In accordance with the command and example of our Lord Jesus Christ, all laws imposed by the civil authority are to be respected provided they are not contrary to the law of God. Number 12, have those who form part of civil society any other duties besides respect and obedience to the laws imposed by authority? Answer, besides the obligation of respect and obedience to the laws, all those who form part of civil society are bound to live in peace and to endeavor, each according to his means and ability, to render that society virtuous, peaceful, orderly, and prosperous. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. So since today is on the fourth commandment, let me speak to kids first. For the kids out there who are from good Catholic families, which is probably most of you listening, all you really need to know is number one and two and six. So let's go quickly through that. Remember remember the fourth commandment, kids, comes directly from God himself. And it tells you, as the Pope said today, respect your parents, obey them in all that is not sinful, and assist them in their temporal and spiritual needs. Now, later in life, that's going to make some more sense to help them in their temporal and spiritual needs. That's, that's how you help your parents when you are adults and they are elderly. But for now, kids, the most important thing is to obey your parents in all that's not sinful. And again, if you're from good Catholic families, which most of you are, then they would probably never tell you to do something sinful. Remember, the fourth commandment also forbids us to offend, as the Pope said, we are not allowed to offend our parents by word or by deed or any other way. Now, that applies also when we're adults. Uh, We adults should never speak in an offensive way to our elderly parents, but we'll talk a little bit later about how to navigate that in sticky situations. And finally, last thing for kids here um, is that, remember, you get some of the merits of the Holy Family by imitating the obedience of the Holy Family when you attempt to live up to the example of even Christ's obedience to his parents. Think about it. Christ is the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, and even he was obedient to Jesus, even he was obedient to Mary and Joseph. As we heard number six, God gave us an example of a perfect family in the Holy Family in which Jesus Christ lived subject to the Blessed Virgin and Saint Joseph until his thirtieth year, that is, until he began the mission of preaching the gospel, entrusted to him by his eternal Father. Okay, now we're gonna move on. You know, number seven, it's a little bit from left field. I'm not sure why the Pope put it in there, but I'm very glad he did because I want to talk about it because it ties into some of my previous TCEs. He said in number seven, if families were to live alone, cut off from one from the other, could they provide for all their material and moral needs? He answers, if families lived alone, cut off from the other, he means one family cut off from the other family, he says they could not provide for their individual needs and hence it is necessary that they be united in a civil society so as mutually to aid one another for the common good and happiness. This is a very interesting one to put in there. If you remember from some of my uh, TCEs, we had uh, Captain Mike the SEAL and Captain Rainey of the Army, and they had a common message on prepping. They had different messages, but one of the overlapping things was that you can't prep for everything, so you have to find families you trust near you. 
And now them both saying that, again, you can't prep for everything, so you need to find families that you trust near you. That might have been surprising to some of you um, to hear that from two retired military officials. You might have expected them to say, I don't know, go live in a compound um, and, and just store up weapons. Well, those two and me are obviously pro-Second Amendment, but they said the same thing the Pope said today, that families are going to need families, especially as this world gets darker and darker. Now, how is this different from Hillary Clinton's book, It Takes a Village to Raise a Child? Well, I never, I never read that book, but usually when liberals say it takes a village to raise a child, what they mean is that it takes the state to have rights over a child. Obviously, none of my guests on any TCE meant that. Uh, Captain Mike and Captain Rainier are obviously against states' rights over children. But just like Pope St. Pius X today, they recognize that families need families. Again, the Catechism today directly. If families lived alone, cut off one from the other, they could not provide for their individual needs, and hence it is necessary that they be united. Such a great quote, and all the more important as we enter a darker and darker world with the United States and other places falling apart. Okay, let's look at number four. Last one today, but I probably got about 10 minutes worth of things to say. Number four, whence are derived the authority of parents to command their children and the duty of children to obey their parents? Answer, the authority possessed by parents to command their children and the obligation children are under to obey their parents are derived from God, who constituted and established family life in order that it that in it, man might have the first steps that are necessary towards his spiritual and temporal well-being. Okay, so the first thing to notice in that is all of this is about salvation. This isn't about just sitting around the hearth and knitting and things like this. All of this is for salvation. God has established the family for salvation. When I say salvation, I mean heaven or hell. So this stuff's super important. You know, we talked in the marriage CPX one a little bit ago about how God does have to come before your parents, especially if you're like a traditional Catholic and your parents are not. They may not approve of uh, like what they might call a religious extreme lifestyle with your new traditional spouse or something like that. And like I said, you might still be able to learn some things from them. But ultimately, um, because there's a thousand versions of Catholicism out there, unlike when Pope St. Pius X wrote this, yeah, I realized there was debates between Franciscans and Dominicans um, 140 years ago, but these were really, really tiny debates. Now we can't even agree if it's night. So, you know, um, young people getting married, yeah, you, you have a lot to learn from your parents, um, but if they're not very good Catholics, um, you might need some additional mentors along the way. That doesn't mean you disrespect your parents at all. We heard that you're not allowed to, like, offend them. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you have to remember you young parents and you older parents are responsible for getting your families to heaven. Now, you've heard me say before that divine law trumps ecclesial law, and ecclesial law trumps particular law. And I'm usually talking about like how we have to navigate this stuff for the church crisis with the hierarchy. Today, we're not going to talk about that. Um, but today's commandment, the fourth commandment, it is a little bit harder to define on this because it's part of divine law. So here's the question. Um, how, do we please God or do we please our parents when there's a conflict between the two? Again, kids, I've already talked to you who are from good traditional Catholic families, so this shouldn't be a hard question for you. I mean, if there's teenagers listening out there who maybe their parents want them to sin because they're not from good Catholic families or um, Catholic families at all, well, do we please God or our parents? Um, happily, the answer comes right from the gospel. Jesus said in Matthew 10:37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. One more time, Matthew 10, 37. 
Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You know, I read the Roman Martyrology every day, which is about 20 different martyrs that we read about. Each of these martyrs gets about one sentence, so it only takes me two minutes. Point is this, it's amazing how many kids in the early Roman Empire disobeyed their parents to follow Christ and go get baptized by a Catholic priest in the early centuries. Um, clergy would take, say, an eight-year-old who wanted to be baptized against their parents' wish. Can you imagine the rage of a Roman senator back in like the year 300 uh, to find that his kid went off to this sect of Christians and was baptized by a celibate priest? He'd be infuriated. But still now, um, I'm going to put the salvation of anybody at the age of reason who wants to follow Christ uh, above any authority um, on earth because this is directly from the gospel and we have precedent in the early church. Now, I rarely quote the New Catechism, but there is a good paragraph in 2217 in the Catechism that came out, came out in 1992 under Pope John Paul II. It has to do with the fourth commandment, so let me read CCC 2217 here. It's very good. Quote, as long as a child lives at home with its parents, the child should obey his parents in all that they ask of him when it is for his good or that of the family. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Children should also obey the reasonable directions of their teachers and all to whom their parents have entrusted them. But if a child is convinced in conscience that it would be morally wrong to obey a particular order, he must not do so. As they grow up, children should continue to respect their parents. They should anticipate their wishes, willingly seek their advice, and accept their just admonitions. Obedience towards parents ceases with the emancipation of the children, not so respect, which is always owed to them. This respect has its roots in the fear of God, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, end quote. So that was Catechism of the Catholic Church, the new one, number 2217. I especially like that sentence, obedience towards parents ceases with the emancipation of the children, not so respect. Another thing to look at in that paragraph, notice that the New Catechism, even the New Catechism, I should say, says on this topic of the Fourth Commandment that if a child is convinced in conscience that it would be morally wrong to obey a particular order, he must not do so. Now, this also ties into this topic of civil authorities. I think we spent enough time on the church crisis about uh, ecclesiastical authorities. I always say, you know, divine law trumps particular law, but Let's look at civil authorities, because the Pope did put this under the fourth commandment today, but he did write that all laws imposed by the civil authority are to be respected, provided they are not contrary to the law of God. Now, personally, I think that when he wrote this, I don't think he ever envisioned a Western society that would be ruled by unjust laws like pretty much every country in Europe and North and probably South America. Yeah, even South America. South America, South America is especially lawless. What am I saying? But all over Europe, North America, South America, and Asia, probably only places left without abortion laws is Africa. But look at abortion. The fact, and there are countries in, in Africa that have legalized abortion, but the fact is that almost every country on this globe now has millions of abortions a year. That shows you right there, we live in a lawless society all over. Wherever you're listening to the CPX from, you're most likely living in a lawless society. Um, or at least we have many law, at least we have many unjust laws on the books, especially since COVID started. Now we have international unjust laws. So again, we do need to heed 
heed these words of the Pope, even if he didn't envision a covidocracy with so many unjust laws 140 years ago when he wrote this, he still did write that all laws imposed by the civil authority are to be respected provided they are not contrary to the law of God. In other words, we don't have to obey unjust laws. Why? Because they're not even laws according to St. Thomas Aquinas, as all of you know. Now, we talked about kids respecting parents. How about parents respecting kids? Sometimes parents reach out to me asking if they can go to the marriage, in quotes, of an adult child who's a lapsed Catholic getting married outside the church or a child getting, quote-unquote, married in an alternative lifestyle relationship. I'll keep it G-rated, but you know what I mean. You know, now, liberal priests out there would just say, well, God loves everyone, so you should go. And of course, the liberal priests who say that, they have no idea what love is if they don't know the basics of God's holiness. But it's a little tougher for me to counter when, like, a neocon non-trad priest gets in the way and first says to one of these people reaching out to me something like, well, if you don't go, you cut off all chances of evangelizing them and bringing them back to the Catholic Church in the future. Sounds like a nice idea, but here's the thing. The end, the end does not justify the means. You cannot be an accessory to someone's sin getting married outside the church and expect God to bless you being an accessory to sin. You know, the Catholic Church taught that there are nine ways to be an accessory to another sin. Notice it doesn't say just like a distant accomplice in these nine things I'm going to show you. There are nine ways to be an accessory to another sin. So if you go, if you as like maybe a 65-year-old adult go to one of your Catholic kids getting married outside the church or getting married to someone in an alternative relationship, you got to realize, um, listen to these nine, and I'll see if you can tell which ones you'll be complicit in. Number one, by counsel. Number two, by command. Number three, by consent. Number four, by provocation. Number five, by praise or flattery. Number six, by concealment. Number seven, by partaking. Number eight, by silence. And number nine, by defense of the ill done. If you go to an adult child getting married outside the church, I would say that you participate, not just to participate, you are an accessory to their sin by number three, consent, number five, praise or flattery, number seven, by partaking, and number eight, by silence. Because if you go to the wedding, you have to do those four things that I just named. Now, if you just think this is too heady and there's no practical import to this, go listen to my Census Fidelium series that I did with Joseph Chambra. We did this in the Castro District um, the wackiest district of San Francisco, and we put this on census fidelium. Well, Joseph lived a very, very disordered li alternative lifestyle for a decade in San Francisco. Enough said. I think you know what I mean by that. Um, now, one of the things that he shows is one reason he came back to Christ after uh, just a decade plus of very debauched living in San Francisco. One of them was a miracle in an ER, he saw demons dragging him to hell when his mom was praying as he was cursing God. And then he yelled out for God's help. Um, and that was the beginning of his salvation was a miracle in an ER. And um, the other thing was his dad praying the rosary for him every day. But another thing he mentions on the podcast that we did there in San Francisco, him and me, he mentions that one reason he came back to his parents who he had considered judgmental for a long time was precisely because they never accepted his sin. They never accepted his lifestyle. Now, granted, his dad didn't even understand everything he was doing. He just didn't like the looks of these boys he was bringing back or whatever. <laughs> but the point is that even Joseph will tell you to this day, 
he probably wouldn't have made it back to Christ if his parents had ratified his conscience in that dark lifestyle. So if you want to convert your kids, if they're away from the church, don't appease them by jumping through their hoops of tolerance. They're not going to want to come join your religion if you don't even believe in it. But the main reason is the end doesn't justify the means. Um, you know, in some sense, you have to take care of your own salvation before you take care of your kid's salvation or before you take care of your parent's salvation. I don't mean that in a selfish way, but remember they give you the, uh, the whole spiel when you get on an airplane that if the oxygen things come down, you got to put it on your face before you put it on your kid's face? So also, you need to follow divine revelation, the Bible, and the magisterium, and your conscience, and then, and only then, try to please your parents or your kids. If you don't have traditional Catholics in your family, yeah, they're probably going to throw a thousand accusations at you as why you're unkind, or brainwashed, or a conspiracy theorist, or you're breaking family unity, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Even Jesus' extended family thought he was crazy at least one time in the Gospels. Finally, just remember the Pope said today that the Fourth Commandment commands us to respect our parents and obey them in all that is not sinful. And later he wrote that all laws imposed by the civil authority are to be respected provided they are not contrary to the law of God. So we must do our best to get along with people, but God's got to go first. We have to do our best to honor our parents and even our kids in some sense, but God has to come first. And honestly, there's really not supposed to be any conflict in any of this. Um, if you fulfill the first commandment, the fourth is going to come naturally, even if occasionally people take offense at it. So do everything in charity, and you very, very well may be able to fulfill the first great commandment, to love the Lord your God your whole, with your whole heart, soul, strength, and mind, and the second great commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. And first and foremost in that would be your parents. Please say an Our Father for me, et benedictio Dei omnipotentis, patris, et spiritus sancti, descendit super vos, et maniat semper. Amen.